It's a mystery episode. It is. Welcome to Friday. Welcome to Crime by the Bar. Oh, that too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jonathan. I'm Anna. And we're here with more crimes and more drinks. Yeah. Mm. For me, it's going to be a bad one this week. Really? Yeah, it's yours. I was already... Well, okay. So earlier this week, I was so sure that I would be um, worse. Uh, I would be not worst. Mm-hmm. But apparently I was. But I had a similar feeling towards this one. But if you think you're good, I'm like, mine is not that bad. It, no, it is bad. sad. Mine is very sad, but it's not as bad. Mine's grim a limb. Yours is what? Grim a limb. Grim a limb. Grim a limb. <laughs> Fair enough. Then I do believe that you should go first. Shall I just launch in? Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's been. Do we need a story fluffer in here? (laughs) Yeah, maybe, maybe. I know it hasn't been the most eventful week. It's been very busy for me, Mm -hmm. but nothing earth shattering, I suppose. I can do a segue into my story. Oh. Do you know about blood type dating? Yes, I do. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, you can maybe add some context to it. I've read about blood type dating and how it's a thing. Um, particularly in Japan, but also in China. and um, Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So what do you know about blood type dating? Or do you want me to... You should go, I'm not... I haven't read up on it. I've had it pitched to me and I know of it, but... You've um, had it pitched to you? What do you mean by pitched to you? As in Japanese people in like, okay, I'm not giving a lecture, but we're in a pub and you've obviously not heard about this, so... Blah. Okay, like, so it's not like you've been on a date and no, someone's asked not. you, because no. apparently that that's fairly normal. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. Up to two thirds of um, Japanese people are really like solid in their belief in blood type personality okay, yeah. stuff, um, but then you have a lot of skeptics who are very vocal about how it's it's just <laughs> it's like a horoscope. I don't believe in this. It's all mm. nonsense. Blah blah blah. But some people are really committed to it and. TV shows will have like the equivalent of blood type horoscopes on and all sorts of stuff. And if you're looking um, for a partner, then one of your first questions might be, what's your blood type? Because maybe you're incompatible with them. And yeah, it's I mean, I'm completely mesmerized by the whole concept. Um, (laughs) Do you do you know what type you are? Do you want to talk about it? Uh, I was going to ask you. I I, I can tell you, but uh, I am O. Oh my god. Okay, let me see. So, first of all, I'm A. I'm A positive, but it doesn't matter. Um, But we're a perfect match by that. So, this is... (laughs) That um, makes sense. Yeah, if if you're in Japan listening to us, we are your perfect combination. We're an A and an O. We're here. We're providing you with all sorts of entertainment. We're meant to be, clearly. <laughs> that explains how we made a podcast, baby. <laughs> yeah, we did make yeah. a podcast, baby. Um, okay, shall I shall I tell you my best and worst traits according to the um, Japanese blood type personality chart? Please do. Okay. I am supposedly, well, blood type A's are earnest, reserved, sensible, patient, responsible, and cautious. Um, and their worst traits are they're fastidious, over-earnest, obsessive, and stubborn. A little bit. Okay, typo. Let's see. Okay, I don't know. Uh, let, well, let, let's find out if you think you fit this. Okay. Your best traits are, uh, you're confident, you're self-determined, you're ambitious, you're strong-willed, intuitive, agreeable, competitive, and athletic. 
and your worst traits, you and any other typos out there, um, you are unpredictable, spiteful, self-centered, cold, aggressive, arrogant, envious and ruthless. I'm not quite feeling... All of those words? No, me neither. Not the majority of them. No, the majority of them. I'm like, that's not you. We're a shit combination. (laughs) Um, Dear listeners, if you're type B or type AB, I will go through your stuff now. If you're type Mm. B, apparently, your best traits are you're passionate, active, creative, animal-loving, flexible, cheerful, friendly, and optimistic. Not sure if it's like good with change or yogis, but Mm. flexible. Um... (laughs) And type Bs, your worst traits are you're irresponsible, you're forgetful, you're selfish, you're lazy, you're impatient, you're unreliable, and you go your own way. Boo. I would have thought that it would have been AB. Uh, I'll get on to that okay. whole can of worms in a second. Why do you? Okay. Um, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, I guess I'm too... Um, what, what's wrong it? with type ABs? Why, why do you think that's type AB? I'm just going from the donor diagram. Um, what is it? Uh, uh, AB can accept from everyone, but only give to themselves. Yeah, selfish. Mm. <laughs> or just screwed. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, the opposite. Because no, they can, you're, they you're can like give. super lucky. Yeah. yeah, yeah they they yeah, can yeah, receive from anyone, which is kind of amazing. Yeah. What is the type that, um, is it O that can give to anyone? Give to anyone and only get from themselves, yeah. Oh, it's you. Yeah. You're screwed. Yep. Oh, <laughs> I feel terrible. And you get all these horrible worst traits about being aggressive and arrogant. It's probably because you can't get blood from anyone. Yeah. Tough life. And you're anemic because you need to give to everyone else. So. Oh. Yeah. I, in Sweden, you have the one pint in, one pint out policy on blood, though, don't you? Is that Sweden? I don't think I've heard this. There's... I... It's a Nordic country. I can't remember which one. Um, sorry, I've lumped you all into the same category. That's really not nice. Hey, I do like the Nordic label. It's good. Yeah. Oh, whenever people go, blah, 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 Scandinavia, I'm like, well, Finland isn't in Scandinavia, so maybe you should check yourself. <laughs> Thank you for representing. <laughs> As I go, by the way, one of you Nordics, you do this thing. Still, um, that's better. That's I, better. I need to look it up, but um, yeah, there's a policy in... Uh, I, I believe a, a specific Nordic country that is um, one in, one out in terms of pints of blood. So mm-hmm. you, if you go for a medical procedure and mm-hmm. you use up eight pints of blood, then you have to pay that debt of eight pints of blood. And it really? doesn't matter if it comes from you directly or if it comes from family members, but your debt needs to be paid. Um, oh. And as a result, a lot of people will go in early and, and donate blood just in yeah, case they yeah, ever yeah. need it. And it's one of the few countries where you, you don't have this massive deficit. Huh. But I, I just think it's such a cool concept. It, it is cool. I'm pretty sure it's not Sweden. Um, I've um, never been able to give blood, even though I wanted to. But um, the uh, Swedish one has been, I think, a bit more chill than yeah. that. Uh, but just like always giving a nice thing. Like back in the day, you used to get like a cash thing. Like, oh, you come in, give some blood. You get, of course, the coffee and cookie thing. Coffee then, and cookies banging yeah yeah yeah. Uh, and then for a long while there was a cash thing sometimes there was also okay you could either get this cool t-shirt or a bit of cash but uh, i do remember because i had a friend who had like no no if you're a student and you're down at the end of the month you can go in donate some blood and basically get enough for two beers on one of the uh central um uh, central pubs uh or well, no it was a club uh so you can get in 
you can listen to some music, you have a cookie, you lose enough blood <laughs> that two beards will fuck you up. And then you have an evening. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> so he did that regularly. Um, <laughs> you know what? There's absolutely no harm in that. I don't no. think you should be getting money for giving blood like on principle, but fine, cool, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. They did change it so there is no money anymore, but... Um, uh, yeah, they're, they're so like generous in the ways they can. I yeah. like the t-shirt thing. I think that's nice. Yeah, they, they had like series and they were good looking t-shirts. Ah, yeah. A whole collection. Uh, and I always wanted one. Well, I wanted to give blood because I think it's good to give blood. But... Yeah, I've never been able to give it either. Hmm. Anyway, um, so type hmm. A, Bs, we're moving on to you. Oh, oh, we haven't even heard them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Type ABs. Mm. If you have a type AB, if you have a type AB, if, if you have type AB blood, then according to the Japanese blood type personality chart, your best traits are you're creative, you're calm, you're rational, you're sociable, you're intelligent, and you're adaptable. So you're basically a Ravenclaw. Um, and your worst traits are you're critical, you're indecisive, you're unforgiving, and you're aloof. Yeah, Ravenclaw. Also kind of the best wording on everything so i'm suspecting whoever devised this was an ab okay so type a is basically gryffindor type b is hufflepuff type ab is ravenclaw and type o yeah i guess is slytherin <laughs> you know it was really difficult for me a couple months ago i had way too many glasses of wine with a friend of mine mm -hmm. and i don't know if we were talking about harry potter or what, i guess we must have been at a certain point, she said, oh, but you're such a slither. And I'm like, what did you just say to me? <laughs> and she's like, well, obviously. And I'm like, what? And she's like, well, you're really ambitious and you're this and you're that. And I'm like, and, and you're loyal. And I mean, obviously, at this point, it's like she's already done the drunken insult and she has to come, come out with all the nice things. <laughs> but, oh. But yeah, there's there's our blood types that we've mm -hmm. also put into. <laughs> and I almost forgot that we're talking about Japan. So, pray tell, might there have been something going on in Japan? There might have been something <gasps> going on in Japan. Um, this was a very long segue, but at least we got some chatter. Oh yeah, um, good chatter. And then you'd be like, why did you even talk about this? I don't know, because I've known about blood type dating for many years and I have no one to talk to about it. So, um so we are talking about the Miyazawa family. Um, they lived in the... Ooh, where were you living when you were in Japan? Was it Tokyo? Near Tokyo? Uh, just a couple of weeks in Tokyo. It was mostly in uh, Gifu. Okay. Um, so the Miyazawa family lived in the Setagaya district of Tokyo. Mikio Miyazawa was 44 and he worked for a company called Interbrand. Um, do you know who they are? Not really. Okay. They, I might it, have seen it somewhere. It's such a generic name. I don't yeah. know if it sounds familiar or if it is familiar. <laughs> um, but it's basically a London-based consulting firm um, and they specialize in corporate identity and branding strategies. Um, mm. They are the ones that branded the term Wi-Fi um, and they have a whole... Really? Yeah. Oh. So they are a big deal and they have offices worldwide. Um, yeah. And they have a whole bunch of high-profile clients, including Microsoft and Nissan and Xerox and all sorts. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so that is who Mikio worked for. And yeah, they, they also provide the house that um, Mikio and his family are living in. His family consists of his wife, Yasuko, and who's a teacher, and their two kids, a daughter called Nina and a son called Ray. Nina's eight and Ray is six. Do you want to see a picture of the house? Oh, sure. This is the front of the house. 
I mean, it's kind of rural and it looks super European, I think. It looks really European and very, very, uh, like you said, like rural. They have grounds. Like. Yeah, except the, the back of it is like, oh, okay. the, there's like a fence and there's <laughs> stuff. So the front of it looks a bit more rural. The back of it's like, it, yeah. And the back of it makes it look super big, but actually it's, it's a semi-detached house. And okay. so it splits about halfway and they have family members who live in the house next door so at the time there is the maternal grandmother because i know that you like to know which they are Um, and the sister and her husband Hmm. so they all live next door so yeah it's it's a semi-detached house and as with typical semi-detached houses they're they're self-contained it's not like there's some walkway Mm. that means you can go between the houses indoors Basically, this all kicks off back in 2000, in December. Um, At this point, the neighbourhood they were living in was pretty much abandoned. Originally, it was a fairly big development. Um, They first moved there in 1990, so 10 years earlier. Mm -hmm. And there were 200 different households there. Um, By this point, there were only four households left. That includes them and their in-laws next door. Well, in-laws, relatives, whatever. And then there's another uh, two households a little bit further down the street. Part of the reason for that was there was a skate park off the back of the house Mm -hmm. and they were looking at expanding. So they'd paid off a whole bunch of the neighbours to essentially move out because they were going to expand it. And um, you can imagine there's kind of noise and people hanging around and everything else. It's not so much fun. The Miyazawa's house was, yeah, right beside the skate park. The Miyazawa family were kind of fed up with the whole skate park situation because Mm. there were a lot of people hanging around, a lot of noise. And... You can imagine the sort of people who hang around at a skate park. They're teenagers and they're probably <laughs> going to be playing music and talking shit and yelling at each other and whatever else. And it's not really what you want behind your house. But yeah, it is what it is. I'm going to take you through the end of December for the Mikizawa family. Mm-hmm. Um, so 25th of December, um, Yasuko had mentioned to her father-in-law that someone's car was repeatedly parked in front of their house. Um, a couple of days later, uh, there was apparently a man um, seen wandering around the house. He was probably in his 40s. Mm-hmm. And on the 29th of December, there was a, a guy who was spotted near a train station. I mean, normally no one would care, but later on they... It was reported to police because they were asking if anyone had seen anything suspicious in the area. And this witness said they clearly remembered this guy hanging out around the station on the 29th because he was dressed really inappropriately for the weather. He was wearing kind of like, uh, you know, those baseball T-shirts with the raglan sleeves you see. Mm -hmm. So you have a white body and then colored sleeves and then the colored, um, well, not really color, but yeah. yeah. so yeah, there was there was a guy wearing jeans and white trainers, mm. wearing one of these baseball style shirts with purple sleeves, and like it's the end of December, it's cold and whatever. Mm. Um, and he had like a really small backpack with him. So, woman actually made a full blown note of it and was able to report it to police a little <laughs> while later. Okay. And the following day, there was another guy that seemed to be suspicious that was at a different station. Um, This time, instead of being young, he was described as being, I mean, young. Um, 
35 to 40 years old and he he was just hurrying along and the whole thing seemed a bit suspicious mm. um but yeah we we don't know too much about it so we are talking about the 30th of december as a whole now the miyazawa family um was just having a normal day it's of course the lead up to the new year which is a pretty big deal in japan like it's not like um what we experience with hey let's get drunk and make noise and go a bit crazy it's it's pretty significant it's it's i don't know you you can probably describe it better than me um the way i read it is it's a significant time of the year that people are quite reverent about Mm. yeah is that fair Mm. so the family are just having a fairly standard day in the lead up to it they go shopping around six o'clock um they're they're near the train station we talked about earlier the first one of the two um and at 6.30 in the evening, their car wasn't in their driveway yet. By 7 o'clock that evening, Yasuko had called her mother, the one who lives next door, to, you know, have a bit of a catch-up, see what's going on. And um, their daughter, Nina, had even spent some time with her grandmother and they'd also used uh, the computer to watch a a TV show that they've recorded. Hmm. So that went on until about 20 to 10 at night. Okay. Like about an hour later, um, an email comes in to the family computer and it needs a password to open so they open it and you know it's not significant but we just put it this way we know they're there we know they open the email no one else has the password um there was a report by an eyewitness um who was in the area that they heard some arguing around 10 o'clock at night so like maybe Mm. half an hour before this email came in like enough that they noted it and remembered 10 o'clock people arguing in that house over there and you saw the path like it goes right behind the house okay um but you know it's it's not really significant so this is where bad shit starts to happen the mother-in-law well or the mother depending on who we're talking about okay the grandmother of the kids next door yeah she hears a loud noise at around 11:30 and it could be Um, you know, something being thrown, something being dropped, not too sure, doesn't Mm -hmm. really think anything of it and doesn't go to check it out for, you know, until at least the next day, because she's not even going to check it out the next day. She just happens to go around the next day. So all we really know is 1130, there's, there's a loud bang. Um, it's a four story house. Mm -hmm. Um, you seem to be able to hear a lot through the adjoining wall because it's semi detached Mm. and You've seen the back of the house. I'm going to show you an annotated image of it. Do you see this? So on the second floor, there's a bathroom window that's on the back of the house. Um, and there's a pretty high fence that goes above the first story. There's also a whole bunch of trees. We don't know whether the window was left open or um, whether someone forced it open, but someone seems to have climbed up the fence through the trees and in through the second floor bathroom window. Huh. They they find footprints um, by the trees. They find footprints in the shower cubicle that they climbed yeah. into. Yeah. And yeah, so this person makes their way into the house. There's a whole bunch of little broken tree branches beneath where they climbed in. Hmm. Here is a floor plan. They 3D printed the house. Hey, wait, actually... Yeah. 3D printed the house. They actually 3, 3D printed the house, I think, to a 124th scale. So this window, somewhere around where I'm pointing. Wait, oh, oh, you mean the uh, they, they made a 3D model of it? Yeah. 
Oh, okay. When you say 3D printed house, I thought they actually had a printer and printed the uh, actual one-to-one scale house. No, when sorry. When they built it. So. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No. So there's a, a shower cubicle somewhere around where I'm pointing. I can't see where I'm pointing. Yeah. The person came in through that window into the bathroom and then takes a right, yeah. goes into this room that we see a bunk bed in, mm-hmm. and kills the sun. Oh. Yes. So whoever this was, they had um, brought a sashimi knife with them. Mm. And they they seem to make a beeline for six-year-old Ray's bedroom. Um, they go straight in. They, they kill the little boy. And things are a little bit unclear from here. So typically the account that's given is um, at this point, the dad um, heard something going on upstairs. So Mikio, um, the father, mm-hmm. comes up the stairs, sees the intruder. There's a struggle, probably around 1130 at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mikio ends up being killed with the knife. The knife also gets really badly damaged at this oh. point um, because the sashimi knife is tends to be very thin. It's very mm. sharp, but it tends to be very thin. The tip, I think, was already broken off and then it, it was, you know, quite badly broken by the time he was done with Mikio. Um, Mikio ends up dying at the bottom of the stairs, bleeding out. Um, um, Meanwhile, you have Yusuko um, and Nina, who are on like a mezzanine level bedroom, sort of in the attic-y space, you know, the the pointed roof. So here's the... Mm -hmm. They're up there. Now, the mezzanine level doesn't have a permanent um, stairway to it. It has like a ladder that you can retract. Mm. Um, things are a little bit unclear either. Um, they're hiding up here, up there, and the intruder gets up to them mm-hmm. and starts attacking them. Um, or they manage to pull the ladder away um, and, and escape up there as he's trying to attack them because they're not killed, but they're up there. They're in a really, really bad way. Mm-hmm. And the intruder is essentially established, hey, this knife is in no shape to to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so he leaves them, goes down to the kitchen, gets another knife, a kitchen knife, and then goes back to find them. Mm. And the overkill is unbelievable. I will spare you the details, but both um, Yusuko and Nina are um, pretty brutally killed and their bodies are stabbed long after they're dead. Yeah. Um, during the whole thing, the intruder badly damages themselves as well. Um, and and tries to, to clean himself up. Now, we also know in the interim that Yusuko had tried to protect Nina and had tried to, like, help her mm-hmm. um, and, and bandage her up, so did at some point get a first aid kit or had a first aid kit nearby, oh. and some of the wounds on Nina were bandaged up a little bit, but then later on she was killed with a different weapon. Oh. Both of them were. Yeah. I, um, I was going to ask how they actually could piece that together, but that makes sense with them being able to retreat and then killer going for a different weapon yeah um the killer then uses the first aid kit to try to take care of himself um but he's bleeding pretty badly there is like his blood all over the place there's Mm. a lot of clear handprints fingerprints everything Mm. um like we know he has whorl fingerprints we know the whorl finger fingerprints on his thumbs have two little lines in each one Hmm. described as looking like a pig's nose. Okay. Like, they're it, <laughs> okay. super it, it clear. It took me a second, but I do get what you mean. Also, he's blood type A. Hey. Mm. Um, and, yeah, he he leaves a mess, and he's bleeding so badly, he actually gets sanitary products out to try to 
absorb some of the blood and that's not even enough. Um, And he's completely covered. But he doesn't leave. Instead of leaving, he decides, I want a snack. Um, Because it's almost midnight and why not, apparently. Um, You lost a lot of blood. You need to take care of yourself. Yeah, but I mean, really? A snack? Yeah, I I agree. Um, He ends up going through the fridge and the cupboards and even the freezer. He... Um, has some barley tea, he has some melon, and um, starts going through a bunch of ice cream cups in the freezer to the extent that he ended up half eating one and there's apparently a bite print in it that they still have. Um, But before that, because I assume he was stuffed full of the other ice cream cups, he wanders around the house eating the ice cream, um, leaving a couple of wrappers in the kitchen bin. Um, Then he also goes into Makino. Mikio's study um, where he leaves another couple of wrappers and um, then he starts going um, through all the personal documents in Mikio's study and also logs onto the computer and checks out the guy's bookmark links and Mikio has bookmarked like a a theatre website Mm -hmm. so yeah the intruder goes on to the theatre website and starts trying to reserve tickets and fails um, so what? that was between midnight and 1am and it, it didn't, the reserving the tickets didn't work. So fine. He, he gave up and the next morning he goes back on for another five minutes ish, um, to do almost the same thing. He also visits, um, the website like the next morning. Yeah. He's on, still there. He, oh, okay. he is still there. He has a nap. He eats some ice cream. He has some <sighs> more tea. There's beer in the fridge, which he decides not to crack into, which I mean, all things considered, it's a pretty good idea considering like it'll thin the blood and make things worse. But I, I mean, mean, to be honest, I don't think it could get that much worse. I mean, though. it's pretty bad. Yeah. Like they say, don't drink alcohol before getting a tattoo done because you don't want to bleed anymore. Like mm. then you're going to like, mm. just, yeah. Yeah, so next morning tries to reserve some tickets again, doesn't work. So goes on to the company website for Mikio um, and also goes on to the website for Yusuko's school because she's a teacher, remember? Hmm. And, I mean, he's probably spent half the night going through their personal documents because all sorts of stuff has been spread out in the living room. Like, he seems to have sorted documents in chronological order. He's, like, got a bunch of... um, ATM cards and stuff sitting out. Maybe he was thinking about, like, maybe I can find the PIN numbers, whatever else. Um, this is all very creepy. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. It's super creepy. Like, just leave, weirdo. Um, yeah, and you have all these people dead. Yep. Just like they're oozing by now. Yeah, well, the son is in his bed. The dad is at the bottom of the stairs. And the um, the wife and daughter are at the kind of mezzanine level on the top floor. Like, it's just... Yeah. And their relatives are next door. Mm-hmm. In this weird abandoned town, there's only four families there and one family is on the other side of the wall. It's yeah. weird. So he checks out all of, you know, the the basically the employers of the um, the parents he's just killed. There's, there's also quite a lot of cash within the study, but it, it ends up not being taken. But if the equivalent of a thousand US dollars in yen, of course, was taken from the house. Um, but there was a lot more cash around, um, so it doesn't seem to have been motivated by robbery. Hmm. Uh, in the end, the power cord to the computer was cut. Like, it, it seems to have been full-on 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, Did you think that would cover the digital tracks or something? Or? I don't know, but there's also reports that electricity was cut within the house as well. And we know the phone line was cut, but we don't know when. Hmm. Um, so during the whole thing where uh, where he went off to get a second weapon from the kitchen, yeah, no idea if they tried to call for help, but if the mother and daughter had have tried, then chances are it was too late. The phone oh, line was okay. already cut. Again... He's still bleeding. He's leaving evidence everywhere. There's fingerprints all over the place, all over the keyboard, um, on the mouse, everything. In the living room, they had the the bank cards. They also had bank books. They had driver's licenses, um, all sorts of personal documents, basically anything you'd need to, to steal someone's identity is laid out in the living room. Mm. And he, he has done some sorting. He's also decided to start, I say he, but... Um, no, I think I think we're sure it's a dude from the DNA. Um, he cut up a whole bunch of stuff, um, so like mixed bits of post. Like there doesn't seem to be any consistency to what he actually decided to to cut into pieces with scissors. Um, and yes, sorry, I I just remembered this is a fucking mystery. Yes, how can this be a mystery with this much? Oh, yeah, oh okay, we'll we'll get there. I just had a realization. Yeah. Like, there's so much evidence. Yeah, so um, okay. the second floor, the the bathroom that he came in through, where mm. he came in through the shower, he starts dumping some of this stuff in the bathtub. So, like, cut up bits of paper and some of the documents, the sanitary products he'd used to, like, try to stifle the bleeding, huh. um, some of the first aid stuff. Okay. Um, even receipts from, like, family expenses, uh, so- stuff from the mom's school, like, all sorts. And there's... It's it's just it's utterly bizarre because it's not like he's dumped a whole bunch of stuff in there that he's destroying. Like there's a whole there's there's mixed things that he's left all over the place. It's hmm. just weird. Um, it does sound weird. Yeah. So he he dumps a whole bunch of stuff back in that bathroom. So presumably he steps over the dead body of mm. um, Mikio to to get back up there. Yeah. Um, puts a whole bunch of stuff in that bathtub. Goes to the loo. Leaves something solid. Doesn't flush. Once <laughs> Doesn't again. Even flush. Doesn't flush. Oh. Um, and I have issues with this, not just because it's gross, but later on he does something else that makes me go, What is wrong with you? What is actually wrong with you? You don't yeah, flush, but you do the this. Murder, yeah, apart from that whole thing. Um <laughs> Yeah, some per person's job was to analyze the feces. Oh, so, of um, of course, it was bagged and I guess a botanist had to deal with samples of it. Um, and they established that the culprit had eaten, um, he'd eaten French beans, like string beans, green beans, fine green beans, whatever you want to call them. You know the what I'm talking about. Thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah, okay. He'd eaten those with sesame seeds. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently that's a really common thing to eat in Japan. It's like pretty mm. standard home cooked meal. It seemed, you know, fairly insignificant Mm -hmm. and it was different from food the family had eaten and they didn't find that food in the house so okay um yeah and there was also some spinach in there apparently i don't know there was blood left in the sofa we're pretty sure he took a nap because you know can't stay up all night um and there has been a suggestion that maybe the guy left the house and came back later on but it 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 seems a bit (sighs) No one reported seeing anyone coming or leaving the house. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, fine. Maybe they missed it, but it it's 
who knows um mm. why would you bother but yeah he seems to have a nap mm. uh okay picture the scene you're you've just killed four people mm-hmm. you're in their house other family members are are next door you've just had a nap everything's a bit of a mess you've cut up a whole bunch of random stuff left it in the bathtub you've taken some money but not all the money because i don't know apparently you draw the line somewhere mm-hmm. um what do you do i know i'm going to take some clothes off tidily fold them up and leave them there clothes from the killer that the killer brought into the house yep he's covered in blood Okay. Yeah. So he leaves the following things behind. At least one glove. Um and we know the brand we they're they're like black winter gloves by a brand called Edwin. Mm-hmm. Um he leaves behind a black Airtech jacket. It's like a thin shoelace jacket thing. Yeah, yeah. Um he's a a large multicolored square scarf. I think it was um like half a meter square something like that it's okay. it's like a pretty big scarf mm-hmm. um he had a gray kind of bucket hat described as a crusher hat if you know what that is um no, no, no picture like picture basically any fan of uh pop punk in the early 2000s because as soon as i started <laughs> reading this i that's what i started picturing and then i saw the pictures of the stuff that is exactly it down oh, okay. to a T. so gray bucket hat large square scarf like massive square scarf um lightweight black jacket uh black gloves white and purple baseball style t-shirt with raglan sleeves oh, mm-hmm. okay uh weirdly a handkerchief um like as in to blow your nose in mm-hmm. and a dark green hip bag which is kind of like somewhere between a bum bag or a fanny pack and a messenger bag so it's mm. it sort of sits around the same area as a fanny pack would sit but it's a bit bigger and not quite as um dated maybe. okay and in the the hip bag you find grip tape um the kind you use for skateboards yeah um oh really mm-hmm oh uh, trace elements of Drakkar Drakkar Noir um, by Guy Laroche. It's like a fragrance. Um, main profile is cinnamon and oak moss. By the way, it's like it's a so soup. Cinnamon and sorry, uh, lavender and oak moss. I don't know why I oh. said cinnamon. It's like a fresh green fragrance. It's it's one of those things. I think if you'd smell, you'd you'd recognize the smell as being of that era and it was super popular back then you can still get it now but yeah um yeah so grip tape that fragrance which was also found the handkerchief and sand they managed to trace the sand but we will get to that later okay um he didn't leave uh his shoes behind but we do know the kind of shoes that he was wearing they were uh slazenger Slazenger. Slazenger. You don't know Slazenger? It's a British brand, so I guess that's why I know it. Yeah, yeah. it has like a. It's pretty much just a white pair of trainers with a couple of stripes on it. They're they're fairly standard. Um, The only odd thing with those was they were Korean sized. Um, So the the footprints, you could tell that they were definitely Korean sized shoe, not Japanese, um, which is a little bit like okay, random. But yeah, fine, whatever. I mean, if the footprint has the size and the size is... Um, I, I think they determined green. it because there's a half centimeter difference between the Japanese sizing and the... Oh, okay. um, but there, there was some reasoning behind it. Hmm. Um, some weird things about the clothes. They'd been washed in hard water, which um, is actually 
pretty much not possible in Japan. They have oh, a soft oh, water system and okay. there's a whole background in it. I did look into it. I'm not going into the detail, but <laughs> um, the clothes are washed in hard water. doesn't make any sense for um, a Japanese person. No. Um, it does, however, make sense for a Korean person because they have hard water in Korea, hmm. um, north and south. Yeah, they they did for the white and purple baseball kind of t-shirt um they managed to track down um where it was sold i think there were only four stores in all of tokyo that sold this exact t-shirt um and actually only a hundred or so uh units had ever been sold in it (laughs) they only managed to track down 10 of them but the gloves and the hat came from the same store that sold the t-shirt. So like, oh. and it was really popular as like a skater kind of brand. Imagine Rip Curl, but not Rip Curl. Yeah. From the clothing, they, they were able to, to work out more or less the size of um, the person. So he's about 170 centimeters, like five, six, um, with a waist of just under 83 centimeters. So that's like 32 and a half inches. Um, and while... In terms of the injuries that were sustained, we could tell that he was definitely right-handed and probably between 15 and 35. Oh, yeah, that narrow gap. I know. (laughs) But it's also like if you see someone in that age bracket, like you could have a baby face and be 35. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I cannot tell the age of people I don't know. I I just can't. But uh, it's fun hearing it in writing, I guess. They're they're trying to go for it as well by, um, yeah, this guy isn't... I mean, he's in good shape. He's like, mm. he's pretty fit. He climbed a fence, climbed a tree, got in through a window and he ran around the house being a proper asshole. But the consensus from police was he's more likely to be in his 30s or in his 20s. Mm-hmm. I guess just because how many times do you have a 15 year old doing shit like this? Yeah. Um, Even though the ice cream would make more sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would make more sense with a younger person. And the lack of... I don't know, general regard for leaving evidence behind. I, part of me is really feeling like this is a frame job, though. It's it's super weird. Okay, we will get to that theory because I like that theory. Mm. I find it weird that he used the toilet, didn't flush, but mm-hmm. folded all the clothes up he left behind. How mm-hmm. weird is that? Really weird. Like, if you're going to, like, be disrespectful and, like... I mean, if you're if you're not going to flush, then... Why would you bother folding your clothes up? Mm-hmm. Um, it's I, just, I find that such a strange detail. One other note on the the clothes: a lot of them could have been purchased in and around one of the nearby stations because there there was um, one of these shops was near one of the train stations. So again, okay. it could have been something that was just purchased randomly. Hmm. Finally, the murder weapon, the sashimi knife. Um, they were able to determine the brand, but not only that, the actual specific store where it was purchased. Um, really? Yeah, um, they couldn't track down who purchased it, but they they had it nailed down to the store again near the same station where you could have purchased all the clothes oh, and everything yeah. else. Um, huh. And yeah, so maybe there wasn't much planning involved. Maybe it was. I'm going to purchase it. Well, there must have been some planning, but not meticulous planning. You could have done it on the way there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they worked that out. Um, next. So, dude has left a whole bunch of stuff, um, including all of the blood 
evidence. Um, now, and, and of course the fingerprints. They ran the fingerprints and got nothing. Um, so no one with a previous criminal record in Japan. Um, they also ran the fingerprints internationally and couldn't find anything in terms of databases. And mm. also if you are a visitor to Japan in that period, then if you'd have been staying more than 90 days, then you would have had to be uh, fingerprinted anyway. Yeah, yeah. So you're looking at either someone who's a resident there or someone who stayed for a short period of time. Mm. Um, the exception is uh, military personnel. And there was a military base uh, about 75 miles away. Mm. Um, so like 120 kilometers away. Mm. Um, so yeah, the, the DNA. They decided to, to run the DNA. Of course, they didn't find anything. But what they did discover is the... Um, the guy was of mixed race. Um, his mom was of um, Mediterranean or Southern European descent, and the father was um, was definitely Asian, but more likely to be Korean than anything else. Hmm. Um, there's a specific genetic marker that's prevalent in one in every five Koreans, and mm -hmm. only prevalent in one in every twenty Japanese people. I think one in every ten Chinese people. So it's possible that he was Japanese, but um, okay. there are a lot of things at this point that are going Korea. Hmm. And yeah, we know a lot of detail about the um, the fingerprints and and everything else. It's it's odd. <laughs> okay, back to that hip bag with the sand. Now, they managed to track the sand down mm -hmm. to a specific location. In Korea or...? Nope. No? In the US. Huh. Um, okay, didn't see that coming. In Nevada, um, at an airbase called yeah, Edwards Air Force Base. Uh -huh. So, honestly, I, I don't have an explanation for it. It's utterly bizarre. It, perhaps it, it's as simple as... The, the bag was bought secondhand somewhere hmm. or or something. But I mean, sure, surely it is possible that the guy was American. But again, he's mixed race and he has some kind of connection to, I mean, at the very least, he doesn't seem to be American based on his DNA. He seems to be a combination of European and Asian origin. But that makes more sense in America, though. It does, doesn't it? But yeah. why? Well, oh, it makes more sense in America? Yeah. Then what is he doing here, randomly uh, killing people? That I don't know. But since I mean, you did mention the army connection, if it is a, um, if it was the son was from, uh, you said air base, yeah, Nevada. Um, uh, if it is someone with the military and doing the military shuffle back and forth. Yeah, and they're exempt from all of the fingerprinting yeah, and everything else. But exactly. um, American military, you would have been fingerprinted, hmm. so they should have found it. But did, did they have access to that? Though? I believe so, yeah. Because oh, okay, okay. you had a quarter of a million investigators who have worked on this case. What? Yeah. A couple hundred thousand pieces of evidence. How are there that many people? I have no <laughs> idea. I have absolutely <laughs> no idea. And confusing, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and there are a whole bunch of red herrings in the middle of it. Um, actually, we'll do a red, red herring. Um, there was a red fluorescent agent that was found both on uh, the clothing that was left behind uh -huh. um, and in the garage of the family. Um, now, we don't think that um, the intruder went into the garage. There's no evidence of that. Uh -huh. um, but 
the same dye was found in his chest and there was a whole bunch of speculation. Oh, this is used in some time, types of drug manufacture, da 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 da. Uh, and in all likelihood, it's just from a highlighter pen and it's not a big deal, but people really ran with this theory for a while. Okay. Um, there are also, there were New Year's cards that went missing at a certain point and it was widely reported that the killer took them. Turned out they were just taken um, as evidence by police and then they weren't returned and I think they were lost or something. Okay. Um, but... Yeah, it's it's a bit strange. Um, there's a lot of strange going around. There's a super amount of mm. odd stuff. Um, okay, so this all happened late on the 30th of December. On the 31st, there was um, a report of a man who was treated for a knife wound um, nearby a, a station that was also 75 miles away, 120 kilometers away. Um, it was north, though. The base was not north. Mm-hmm. Um the guy was described as being in his 30s. He was wearing a, um, a black jacket and some jeans. Staff treated his wound um, and the guy didn't give his name, um, didn't give any explanation for what happened with the, the wound. And for whatever reason, the hospital staff didn't take any details, even though the wound was deep enough that you could see the bone. Huh. Yeah. So the following morning, um, Yasuko's mother had come around to their house she'd already tried phoning them the phone line is of course disconnected um so she decides to go and knock on the door and see what's going on um no one's opening the door so she she later on doubts whether or not this is exactly what happened but she said she let herself in with her keys um and immediately saw um her son-in-law was lying there dead um but yeah she she sort of changed her story later on and said that she um yeah, she didn't think that um, she wasn't sure if she actually used her keys. Maybe the front door was open. There was no evidence oh. that the perpetrator left through the front door, but we're not too sure. But, but I mean, that's that's an understandable thing because if your if your family, especially living like neighbors, mm-hmm. and they're just like, oh, they're not answering the phone. If you're used to either just unlocking on your own, or if like, oh, they were home, I guess it's unlocked. You probably wouldn't store that too deeply. Yeah, I mean, she alerted the police, of course, basically right away. Um, She also told police that she'd heard that loud bang at 11.30 the night before. Um, And then the police were trying to work out if it was maybe Mikio um, falling down the stairs at that point, or maybe Mm. it was the temporary ladder that went up to the mezzanine level on the top floor that was either falling or something else. Mm -hmm. Um, But the whole thing was a little bit strange. and you still have that weird report at 10 o'clock of the witness hearing the argument in the household that doesn't really make much sense. Hmm. Um, but the assumption was at this point, someone came in, slaughtered the family and left. They hadn't realized that someone had been there all night at that point because they didn't have the information about um, the killer being on the computer the next yeah. morning. So the report of the guy getting treated for that knife wound mm-hmm. that's cut down to the bone it was 10 months before they had the information on the computer. So by the time they realized that there might have been any connection, it was like almost a year later. So it wasn't okay. like the medical staff could even remember what the guy looked like anymore. Of course not, no. But that's more or less it. There are a few other weird things. Um, there was a taxi driver that was in the area around the time of the murder. And apparently he had picked up three middle-aged men in that area. And one of them... they gotten a lift to the train station. None of them really talked and one of them had left bloodstains on the seat in the back of the car. But again, that sort of 
didn't seem to lead anywhere. I don't know if they tested the bloodstains, can't find any details on it. Not sure if it's a red herring. Mm. Um, and the knife thing they know was purchased on the, the 29th. So a full day before everything happened, but it still could have been um, short notice. Hmm. And yeah, that's more or less it. I mean, we know that there would have been uh, Americans stationed in that place, the the base nearby. Um, it's possible some of them could have been over there with their families. But again, um, I don't know. You'd think you'd spot someone who was involved. And One would hope. Yeah. The obvious signs are, hey, it's a, a pissed off skater. And mm. I mean, the guy was dressed like a skater. He was pretty physically fit. He climbed in through the window. He slaughtered the whole family. But leaving the stuff behind, it seems kind of convenient. Um, But then if he's stupid enough to leave all his DNA, then maybe he's stupid enough to go, right, I don't want anyone in the street looking at me in a bloody white baseball shirt and and think it's suspicious. So I'll just take it off and nick a jacket and walk down the street because he did seem to take Mm. um, a piece of clothing with him. No, no, I I was kind of assuming that, but it's still... So stupid. Like I said before, like every time I see any kind of uh, orgy of evidence, it's just like, no. What is wrong with you? Don't you watch CSI? (laughs) Hmm. And that's why I think, you know, frame job. But at the same time, if they couldn't catch the person, that's not a very good frame job. Yeah. Unless it's kind of like an extortion blackmail thing. If they manage to get like, oh, they got bunch of blood from someone got their teeth imprints and then they know that they're not in the system they make this crime and they're like okay now we can extort you or we'll just like spread the things because your dna is all over that place i don't know including carrying the blood and the poop and everything but if it was about money then wouldn't you at least take the rest of the money from the house even if you're not going to yeah. take the credit cards and stuff. Because, okay, credit cards you can trace, but there was cash in the house that wasn't taken. Yeah, that's a bit weird. I I, I, I have no idea, sorry. The skater thing is way too convenient, but, I yep. mean, maybe it is the most obvious solution. Um, also, the handkerchief thing. Who uses a handkerchief? Like, not that many people. Yeah. It's it's such a an old... Um, an older generation thing. Oh. And the handkerchief was ironed. Huh. Like all of his stuff was ironed. <laughs> um, I think what you said there was some European. Were they more specific in the DNA? Um, possibly Iberian. Um, oh, okay. So the the last person I saw use an actual handkerchief was an Italian. That's probably like six years younger than I am. I mean, it's quite difficult to pinpoint European. DNA and yeah. where you I mean they said Mediterranean possibly Iberian southern European da 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 mm. um so it could cover Italy maybe Sicily or something hmm. it's strange it's really strange there's also a lot of yeah. speculation online that the only person who irons handkerchiefs would be someone's mum so he must live with his mum and um <laughs> and the home cooked meal thing like the the green beans and sesame seeds is kind of typical home cooking there's also um, a lot of people who are Korean origin who live in Japan, so it could just be as simple as it's still a Japanese person, just mm. of Korean origin, yeah. um, whose you know mother happened to be of European descent. Mm. Don't know how big the split is there. I don't know. It's weird, and I I just 
it is so weird with all the evidence and the whole like taking a nap and staying over because if it is some I know angsty skater teenager or whatever that wants to get rid of the family like actually pulling through with it and then ah screw it I'll have some ice cream and a nap it's just it's really strange yeah um I mean you would you would freak out in either direction either freak out on like shit I need to get the fuck out of here or freak out in shit I've killed all these people but it was super chilled Mm -hmm. um we know he uh Mikio was arguing with skateboard a couple of days before there were reports of him having constantly having run-ins with them Hmm. um to the extent that they were going to move house in march because they were sick of all this crap with the skateboarders um and there was another witness that reported seeing um some kind of bike gang he's the 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 father um was seen arguing with them again a couple of days before Huh. I, I can't help but think this whole skater thing is way too convenient. Mm, yeah. Blame the people who listen to Blink-182. Like, yeah, <laughs> kind of. But also the fact that I, sorry if you said earlier, I must have missed in that case, but that they were moving because the only really arguments good. the skaters would have had with them would have been resolved if they moved. Yeah, I mean, they were moving in three months, but would you really tell those little, you know, I, bucket I hat guess. wearing shitheads that we're moving in three months because we're fed up with you? I don't know. That's my story. Yeah, it's just up in the air. and Sorry about that. We are doing Friday Mysteries. The, it is the time for mysteries, but I I really don't want to think that they can't get any further beyond a possible DNA profile with all this evidence. How can you leave behind, like, that much blood, fingerprints, everything, clothing. Teeth impression. Mm-hmm. And yeah. They even pulled sweat from the inside of the... Uh, well, of course they did. They, like, yeah, teeth impression. <laughs> they have everything you could possibly need. It's, I mean, if you had a someone found guilty for it, you'd think it was a frame job. Yeah, I definitely would. Yeah, which would be fun. But, um, yeah. Wow. No, um, it, it's definitely a good mystery, and that is mysterious, but wow. Any, any other... Uh, yeah, there, at, at some point there was also a suggestion, maybe it was um, someone who didn't like uh, Mikio because, you know, he was working on something sensitive or it was to do with his job. But no, like his co-workers... Really? Yeah, his co-workers said he wasn't working on anything particularly exciting. Hmm. So, that's it. The end. Whoa. I mean, that was only... 20 years ago almost <laughs> 18 it years good and while ago and no info they're still oh. investigating maybe we'll find out it was interesting to say mm. the least and a lot of twists and turns uh do you feel like hearing another mystery i would love to hear another mystery a bit more recent one tell me a bit more wow mine was recent tell me your story yeah so mine is a bit newer uh, i'm talking around 2013. That is really new. But for connection, back to yours, it is kind of Iberian, I guess. Oh, really? <laughs> well, not really. The people are Iberian, but um, okay. no, it does. The majority of this takes place in France. Okay. But I'm going to tell you about the Benitez family. That sounds Iberian? It does, because, uh, well, we have the father, Francisco, and the mother, Maria Jose. And uh, finally, they also had a daughter named Alison. That's not very Spanish. 
not as much Spanish, no. Uh, but in 2013, they did live in uh, Papignon in the south of France. Papillon. Uh, which was not not butterfly, but uh, <laughs> it's just a village um, south of France. It's basically just a little bit above the northeasternmost border to Spain. Okay. And, um, well, uh, talking about this town, I did find a tidbit as I was looking at maps and checking out, but apparently uh, Salvador Dali, Yay. He proclaimed that city to be the center of the universe in 1963. Oh. When he had a he had kind of an ecstatic vision there. And yeah, like, yep, this is the center of the universe. I'm sure of it. Okay. So very uh, nice. Just a little tidbit I thought it was cute. I think that's super cute. But yeah, uh, Francisco who was originally from Spain, he had worked as well, he worked as a chief warrant officer in the Foreign Legion. Legion. I was like, Foreign the, Legion? What? The <laughs> yes. Foreign Legion. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and uh, Alison, the daughter, who was uh, 19, but she was still very uh, driven, and she was due to take part in the Miss Roussillon contest, uh, the winner which would be representing the Southwest in the Miss France competition. So she was pushing for that. If that's what you're into, good for you. Well, yeah, I really am not. But uh, the the point is, she she had a lot of people she knew uh, through this competition, and she was like everyone thought that she was like the most driven, the most pushing to win this, basically. Okay, so she's a Slytherin. We get that. <laughs> <laughs> Yet again, yes. Uh, wait, what was that? Oh no, that was my blood type. Yeah. That was the, oh right. Oh. Okay. Oh, uh, <laughs> why are you so anti-Slytherin? I'm not anti-Slytherin. I'm just anti the majority of the words that were described for it. Mm, yours was, um, I don't think your blood type fits you. Maybe you should nah. get a blood transfusion. <laughs> <laughs> but on the 14th of July in 2013, both Alison and her mother vanished. Whoa. Disappeared. You're very into doing these abrupt ones. Not that I, I don't do that often. This is like the last second Friday one. you did. The, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. like you, and then she was dead. Like, yeah. excuse me, <laughs> did, do you want to explain? That? Okay, and then they vanished. Like what? I'm trying out something new, but okay. okay apparently, that is causing. I. It's just. Effort. It's causing shock. I'm. I'm sitting here, many drinks in, and I'm. I'm just. I'm waiting for a nice tale, and then you go and freak me out by disappearances and deaths. Well, this is, you know, crime and mystery. And I did say that mine was a bit sad, but yeah. Okay. Uh, But they did disappear, both mother and daughter. Okay. Uh, So the last sighting of either of them was um, of Alison. Uh, So earlier that day, she had uh, been picked up by Francesco after she had had some sports training with other competitors going for the uh, Miss Roussillon title. Okay. Uh, so her father had picked him up and that was the last time anyone saw them. Uh, so Francesco didn't report them missing. Uh, instead, he, he basically just went on with life and work, as usual. Uh, one of Alison's friends, uh, one uh, Alexander, had had contacted him, reached out to him, asking like, okay, your daughter's just gone. This is kind of weird. We're getting worried. Um, but uh, Francisco was very much like, no, no, um, Alison and her mother had gone on a trip to Toulouse 
and um, like th their phones would either be left or be off, but that was nothing to worry about. Like, you know, th they're just on a trip for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Mm. But um, Alexandra and another of Alison's friends were they weren't really reassured by this, and when I mean, they I wouldn't be no, uh, and when they didn't get anything more out of the father, uh, they basically just went straight to the police and reported her missing. So the police came to the father of court, Francisco, and he said the same thing to them, uh, but he did add that he and his wife had been having a bit of a rough patch, they had some troubles, uh, the relationship was a bit shaky, um, but uh, it shouldn't be a cause for alarm because like, um, his wife, uh, Marie Jose, had previously left on similar trips, like they, they had had a fight, she goes out of town. And just like cooling off or clearing the mind and stuff like that. So he wasn't alerted. He did say that he didn't quite understand why Alison had gone with her this time, uh, especially with the competition going into such a critical stage. Yeah. Uh, but he was, as reported, he was confused but not worried. So the husband didn't provide much more information in general to the police, but um, like they opened a proper missing persons investigation. But like in the same way that he, he of course, he didn't report them missing and he didn't push anything there. He also didn't inform his wife's family about any of this. And they basically found out once it came out in the media. That seems really shitty. It is really shitty. But at the same time, if you genuinely thought it was all fine, then maybe you wouldn't bother freaking them out. Because if, if every time you have a fight... Mm. And she disappears off for a couple of days. And every time she comes back and it's all fine, then maybe you don't tell the in-laws? On the one hand, yes. But on the other hand, when the police has opened a proper investigation and it's gone to the point where, okay, it's now going out in the media. I mean, did he know it was going to be released? I... You assume so. I would have assumed, like, okay, it, it might not have been an interview with him, but, like, if... I'm assuming that he would definitely be informed by the police yeah, right. by yeah, them saying no. like, no, no, okay, this is a missing person thing. We're going to check this out. We need to find them. Yeah. At that point, you should probably tell your in-laws. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Can you imagine the shock of that? Ooh. Yeah, there was a, uh, so uh, his brother-in-law was not very happy with this and called him up, but. Um, what do you do? Wasn't Yeah, what do you do? They spoke about it and um, might've been a bit defensive, but yeah. Nothing more there. When it comes to the actual investigation into this, so like the police found that there had been no calls either to or from either of the women's phones uh, yeah. after they disappeared, and like no activity on their bank accounts or credit cards or anything uh, after the fourteenth. And the, the it was a bit back and forth between the sources I checked. So one source said that. Or like one friend said that neither the mother nor the daughter had a driver's license, uh, which for the mother would be more weird. Uh, the other side, which I think is probably correct, but it was not as often repeated, was that um, they just left, they had left their car there. But regardless, um, the, the point is that it did not look like they were driving anywhere. Yeah. And the police checked the CCTV cameras for all the um, local Papignon railways. And the station there, and like there was not a single sighting of anyone barely matching their description, basically. So th this case became 
bigger like uh, after a couple of weeks uh, police was of course suspecting more foul play possibly not missing person but murder but yeah. they were worried here and uh, it like blew up in the media kind of it was posted a lot around and it was pretty clear that Francisco was the prime and basically only suspect and uh, Francisco was in turn he was like constantly hounded by uh, either his wife's relatives media police everything but like beyond the general speculation and convenience of all the facts like there were no hard evidence basically tying to it yeah but on the 5th of august so this was almost a month barely a little bit under a month uh, after they disappeared uh, Francisco was found in the barracks of the Papignon Forum Legion and he had hanged himself. Whoa. Yep. So before he died uh, by suicide, he had been in touch with a journalist for, I think it was the Paris Match, Paris Match, I don't know. Okay. Uh, that first. M-A-C-H-E with an acute on it? Uh, no, match as in a match. So he had been in contact with the journalist for the Paris match and he had sent them a video that was published basically in conjunction with uh, his death by suicide, um, which uh, was like, it was not of the actual thing, but he, it was like, um, he was sitting down with like tears running down his face, Aww. talking about how all the suspicions had driven him over the edge and he was like ready to explode yeah. uh, and talking about like how much he loved his wife and especially his daughter and like the undying love for her and how he could never have hurt her and just like tears in his face and just completely breaking down over this and then you know hang himself on the one um, hand a story like this makes me want to roll my eyes and go yeah come on mm. um but it makes a way better story for a journalist to write about this guy who definitely did it so if if they're writing a story about how he's falsely accused and struggling with it and blah, 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 then mm. it's maybe more likely to be true than just going for blatant sensationalism. Yeah, I don't know. Like, like to be fair, when it is a high-profile case and they get this, like, very... They get an exclusive video statement in that kind it's of context. Video? Of course. Oh, yeah. So he sent them a video that he recorded of himself crying and saying all these things. Mm. And uh, then by the time it was published, well, then they found him... Uh, found him dead. This whole thing is so weird. I'm not sure, sure if it gets weirder, but it gets, we get more. Okay. So, after his death, a lot more details about Francisco came to the surface. So, it turns out that he had previously been interviewed by the police uh, concerning, in this period as well, concerning the disappearance of another woman. Because when, like, when this all came up in the media and they started pushing the the story and they had, of course, photos of the entire family and all that. Yeah. The brother of a Simon de Oliveira Alves, sorry, Oliveira Alves, sorry. So the the brother of Simon had reached out to authorities because he had seen the news coverage mm -hmm. and recognized Francisco. Uh-oh. And so Simon had vanished mysteriously at the age of 28 in 2004. She lived in uh, Nîmes in France. Mm. And um, That's where um, Van Gogh went. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah true. Uh, a lot of painters out in Norway. That's good. Um, but yeah, so it, it turned out that she had, they could now confirm that she had been Francisco's mistress. <gasps> At this point. Hey, now I'm understanding all the arguments. Possibly, possibly. <laughs> uh, so neither she nor her family had initially known that uh, Francisco had been married and you know had a family. Um, but the last sign of life from Simone had been a text message to Francisco saying that she was leaving him. Mm-hmm. So when police found out about this, they brought Francisco in for questioning. He said that the two had had a fierce argument, which... Um, uh, it was kind of echoed by Simon's sister, Ivana, yeah. who later, during this uh, investigation, spoke to them and suggested that the this could have happened after Simon discovered that um, he was married and he hadn't left her. They, they were apparently, once that was discovered, he was talking about leaving his wife for her, but he didn't do that. Okay. Uh, so Simon apparently found out about Francisco leading his double life through there had been a minor car accident, like not big enough to properly injure someone, but like a car accident happened, and I'm assuming there was a bit of like oh calling next of kin oh, or something no. crossing like that, and she found out about it. Do you remember um, the Chilean minor thing where he one of the guys came out and there was his wife and his mistress there? Yes, oh. yes, I do remember that. It's such a weird thing. That's so awkward. Mm, you, you can still be happy to getting out at that point. Yeah, who are you here running um, for? <laughs> <laughs> but, and there was also um, basically thoughts that uh, Simone had been pregnant. The sister claimed that Simone had been pregnant at the time she was uh, she disappeared oh, which is also not a good combo it's not looking good at all mm. even so, so this had happened during the investigation they had questioned him about this but yeah. didn't quite get anywhere okay. uh, before he died by suicide but a bit later after his death another witness came forward which was a uh, friend of Francisco's who um had uh, worked with him in the Foreign Legion Mm -hmm. and he had been called in to help him transport a rather large uh, fridge, I think, from Uh. his home to the barracks as Mm. under the guise of like, no, no, this is just cumbersome to have at home. I'll just donate this so we can have it in the barracks and that's fine. Yeah. Um, But this was like two or three days after his wife and daughter had disappeared, basically. Super sus. So after is that police had investigating the, uh, the the foreign legion premises and offices and stuff as well. Yeah. They found traces of both DNA and or fingerprints from from both the mother and daughter, but particularly in and around a washing machine that had been used by Francisco. So they had in some places partly the fridge as well. They could find DNA that they matched to them. Yeah, which isn't that weird. Yeah. And they also found, I think in the washing machine, I think they found traces of blood, but mm. it had been cleaned by bleach, so they couldn't make a um, direct DNA connection. And again, like blood in the washing machine could be... Can happen. Yeah. Yeah. But this is really shitty timing. Kind of is. Kind of is, yeah. A lot of um, suspicious bit around both washing machine and the fridge that he went through there. And one of the final facts is that they also found out that Francesco had a 
new mistress. Already? In Barcelona. Well, I mean, his previous mistress vanished in, what was it, 2004? Yeah, but I mean, isn't there a mourning period before you start banging someone after your wife disappears? Oh, oh! I, I think that it's um, oh, before as implied. The I think this was before the disappearance, so way before they um, they have had the argument. Okay, um, then that's still slightly more classy. It, it kind of is. It's it, weird it is to say, but it bit, is more yeah. classy. Yes. <laughs> At least they got together before his wife and daughter mysteriously disappeared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it would yeah definitely too soon. Um, But yeah, she lived in Barcelona and uh, he actually, uh, she was the last person he ever contacted because he texted her before he hanged himself. But some of Alison's friends, Mm -hmm. the daughter, said that she was definitely aware of the latest, the ongoing affair. The Barcelona lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that she... Well, they. It sounds like they were speculating. I'm not sure how much they could quote her on that, but yeah. basically, might have threatened to reveal it to her mother, Ooh. things like that. But yeah, there's a lot of lot of openings for speculations here. But at the same time, it is tricky to prove anything, and I don't know. Like looking, there's especially like a lot of basically all the photos of this guy yeah. is all in conjunction with events of his daughter or like he is uh, watching her as she's going in for some competition or something yeah. and just looking so happy and proud and then the video and like if it would have just been the mother disappearing i would have definitely thought like yeah see that guy. that's my big question like yeah. what is the deal with the daughter and unless she walked in on um yeah him trying to him killing trying to kill Mm. um or trying to get rid of the body whenever it came to like her mum yeah and and then he was in a position where it's either or both and then the guilt of killing his daughter i mean is there any suspicion on the the death by suicide is it there any possibility that anyone else was involved uh it doesn't look like anyone is suspecting anything and especially with the um especially with the video so he doesn't explicitly state it, but in the context of finding him dead in that way, uh, no one really doubted it. And it looks pretty clear from looking at the quotes from the video. But, so what's your theory then? You don't think he did it? I mean, I think the video is super sus. Like you send a tearful video to a newspaper. I mean, it's one thing if the newspaper had done a proper interview with him and mm-hmm. gone, hey, he's not responsible and da 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 That makes... Uh, an odd but interesting story but just having a, a video mailed to them it's like no he's trying to make sure he doesn't go down as being guilty for this i i'm not saying he is guilty mm. but because i i agree with you if it was just the wife then it would seem less suspicious but it is weird and body's never found no and yeah the daughter why why was alice in there Mm. There's no suspicion that anyone related to the first mistress could have been related to this as a revenge thing, or even the second mistress. Not that I've read, but I do like that thinking. Like especially the first mistress say that something happened. Yeah, and he did something. She to vanished, her. and the brother, the brother or yeah. them had basically stalked him, and then found that only he has this cute little life here. Yeah, and hey, you take away our sister, we take yeah. away. You take our family, we take yours. Yeah, that would. Uh, that would be a good revenge plot, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. No, 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 I mean, most things just point towards 
him doing this, but the circumstances doesn't feel right to me. I don't know. The freezer and the washing machine are super weird, but I mean, it is totally possible to have blood and it's also possible to have bleach. Like, I'm sure I have bleach on my washing machine and yeah. if there's blood on the washing machine, I mean, it's, I'm, I'd it's be surprised, but it's, it's not like of all things, mm. it's not that weird. No. Um, but yeah. And the freezer, of course, there's going to be like DNA and stuff around the freezer or the fridge. Mm. Um, but maybe it was that, hey, these things are massive and I don't have a family anymore. Although I, that's also a quick conclusion, right? Yeah. So, so the freezer thing, I would not see that because that was like a couple of days and this was before they were officially reported missing. As okay, he was so just super creepy. He kind of. What happened with the freezer? They he no, got, but no, but hmm? why? Why would why would the fr- oh, yeah, freezer yeah, yeah, be yeah. involved? Yeah, yeah, that's. What time question. of year was this? Time of year. So the disappearance was July, and so uh, middle of summer, super warm. Maybe they mm-hmm. used he used it for keeping things cold. Mm-hmm. It's probably the right time of year for that. that but blood found in the sense. washing machine, not the freezer. That's weird. So I'm. I'm pretty sure that the the actual blood bits was mostly in the washing machine. Yes, they found some traces of DNA around the freezer, but I don't think I'm pretty sure they uh, that wasn't straight up blood. But I know, like, part of me, regardless of which way you spin with this, it is a sad story. Like, yeah. uh, when I first started reading through, I thought like, no, okay, there is still a possibility that the mother and Allison went off not necessarily to lose but went to a different country or start a new life like okay fuck that asshole we're gonna make our own thing and that's and some seriously get... good revenge oh yeah, yeah and just like no we're cutting all ties we're starting a new life this will be brilliant and um then him just being stuck with all the suspicions and all that stuff basically but would you come back afterwards Probably not, then people will blame you, right? Yeah, I guess. That's it's a good mystery, a... though. I thought so. Is it, it is, like, there is evidence and circumstances, but I do think it's slightly mysterious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Send us your theories. Mm, please do. I'm curious. Or any info you have on the Foreign Legion. I did get to read up a bit, uh, mostly on recruiting. I do remember there was a time that I generally considered, like, uh, maybe I should just say fuck it to everything and just go for the Foreign Legion. Could be fun. Apparently there's really? a mastication test. A what? <laughs> I read through the requirements. A mastication and test. Yeah. And you have to chew everything 80 times before you swallow, otherwise it doesn't count, or uh, what? I don't know. They they have a very long list of stuff that, like, no, you need to be in like, decent shape. You can't have any of these sicknesses. And then it was like, no, no, you're teeth can't have any issues or uh, so stuff like that and then there was also a mastication i'm guessing they're uh, measuring the bite force or something like that just in case you're taken prisoner and you have to bite someone's face off possibly i don't know why would they do that That was something that stood out they didn't motivate it they just listed it as a requirement i'm so disappointed that you didn't find out you should have well, gone then i would need to, yeah i should have gone to france <laughs> and investigated <laughs> did you say that <laughs> sorry that's not it's not sensible. I mean, why not? I, I have why been not? thinking that 
I have been thinking that we should do more of a hands-on investigation approach as well. Um, we don't have the time. We really don't. <laughs> but no. it would be fun to do. It would be super fun. Mm-hmm. We can do a season two where we do a special. <laughs> How does Calfia sleep 18 hours a day? Oh, okay. I, but yeah, this is... Um, I'm suitably confused. Hmm. I'm lost with mine. I'm lost with yours. <laughs> They're properly mysterious this week. Maybe mm. I hope they Treveline Evan Treveline Evans Evans it. Mm. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. But then the the dad bit is a bit more sad though. Maybe he's a shithead. Maybe he deserved it. Yeah, I mean he was a serial philanderer, but um, you don't really deserve to know. Um, uh, yeah, that kind of falls apart then, doesn't it? There's no happy ending. There can't be. Unless if... So the the women trevelined it up. Yeah. And absconded. Then he... So Francisco knew that he was innocent. Yeah. And suspected foul play possibly from the cousin. So instead he actually faked his death. Hey. And then banished, I know, in another direction and started a new life with, I know, Barcelona mistress or something. Or... Better yet, mm-hmm. um, he tried to kill his wife. His daughter walked in. He turns on the daughter and tries to kill her. He thinks they're both dead, but actually they're not. Oh. They, he maybe puts them in the freezer. Something bad happens, whatever happens. Um, he thinks they're dead. He thinks he's gotten rid of them. He's really consumed with guilt, regrets doing it, but, you know, did it. Mm. Actually, they're all right. And... The balance, the scales of justice are balanced because he ends up dying by suicide. Yeah. And yeah. Okay, that's good. That works. Yeah. On that yeah. wonderful note, we'll finish it. <laughs> it's not as happy as a Treveline, but it is still, yeah, you know, there's a bit of justice. There are the good people surviving and whatnot. Yeah. I, I think we're running off here. As you said, um, any theories and anything tweeted us at, uh, at crime by the bar or, or if it's a long one send us an email crime by the bar at gmail.com exactly i love the theories especially <laughs> the ridiculous ones <laughs> yes <laughs> so true so true um but yeah we hope you have a great weekend mm-hmm. and we'll speak to you next week yep. i'm looking forward to digging into the weekend but if we all survive we'll see you tuesday yeah i'm excited about our theme on tuesday Oh, right. We're at the movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have a good one. Bye. Have a nice weekend and bye. Oh, I don't really know what she was doing in Gryffindor either, but Gryffindor is... I mean, she was brave and badass. Yeah, but Gryffindor is so weirdly worded that to me that's always just been like... No, no, the protagonist house. Yeah, and it is protagonist house. Else. Yeah, Charlie said to me that he's a helpful puff, and I'm like, yeah, you are. Yeah, he is. He is definitely. Helpful. It is kind of the worst. Hu- it's not the worst house. It's just like it's a very specific <laughs> trait. He is a helpful puff, isn't he? I got the honey badger. Oh, he is a wee honey badger. He's a sedated honey badger. <laughs> he's like not vicious enough. Hufflepuffs aren't fucking vicious. Mm.